Peloton is gifting you their best offer of the season. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that is right for you with accessories ranging from cycling shoes to non-slip grip dumbbells and more. Whether you have 10 minutes to spare for a strength class or 30 minutes for a running or cycling class, there's a workout that works for you with music that is truly iconic. So don't miss out on Peloton's best offer of the season. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, November 16th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And sitting in once again for uh, Derek Miner, who is, you know what he's doing? You know why he's not on the show today? Mm-mm. He hit me up. He had some uh, other artists and producers uh, coming into Nashville, and they are working very hard to wrap up Derek's brand new album, so... Uh, that's why he's not with us today. I said, no worries. So, so, so joining us again uh, today is relevant senior editor Tyler Huckabee. Hey, man. Howdy. Okay, it is it is f- full on holiday time right now, and you know how I know this? Television. Yeah. No <laughs> sure. Everything coming out. Everything coming yeah, out right now holiday. is all like sappy. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you know, I know that the Netflix algorithm has like tapped into the human psyche and is apparently just making shows that we're telling us that in in so many ways that we want to see. Some of these are just absurd. These Netflix Christmas movies are just popping up in the top 10 every week. I'm convinced they're just reverse engineered. They just come up with a name. Like, hmm. that sounds ca- like, let's come up with a name and then we'll just tell some writers to figure out the rest. Okay. A California. These are actual Netflix Christmas movies that look like the production budget um, was that of like a mediocre Gilmore Girls episode from the. You know what I mean? Like it looks like looks like they cut a couple corners. I think I've seen that set a couple times. You know, like, you know that doesn't appear to be real snow. Um, okay, but these are these are actual ones. A California Christmas, oh. Holiday, Santa oh. Girl, Jingle mm. Jangle. Christmas on the square like what they're just coming up with like well I'd watch something called Jingle Jangle could be about anything and it's just you know Christmas (laughs) California Christmas I don't know I I just feel like the the, the, the algorithm's just trying too hard at this point this is your Netflix algorithm apparently has gone full Hallmark channel my Netflix algorithm doesn't show me any of those. So this is a very interesting thing that this is uh, what's appearing That means on your... Jesse's watching shows like this because uh-huh. it's reminding him of what uh-huh. he likes. No, uh-huh. I, th- how dare you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the other thing too is like the Netflix shows, they're like the rando ones that you just like become like a weird big... F- like there's this one about glass blowing called Blown Away uh-huh. that I just got really into just randomly and I just binged and I was like, oh, glass blowing pretty cool. Now all of them have like... The, 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 you know, blown away Christmas or cupcake <laughs> Christmas or whatever, whatever baking or house show or anything you like on Netflix is going to have like a whole Christmas season coming out. And it, it, I don't need a glass blowing Christmas special. Sorry. I got enough, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's cuffing season. People are staying in, snuggling up, just watching mindless, happy shows. Just let, let people have their joy, Jesse. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I bet I that Christmas and wanna... was it Christmas in California or California Christmas? California that, Christmas. That's definitely um, people from the East Coast that went over to California, got stuck for a couple of days, ended up having to spend Christmas there. Went on the beach. Fell, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. it's just they probably met in the airport, LAX. It was crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the plot of this one by just the name and thumbnail. It's called The Night Before Christmas, and it and it's spelled with a K. Okay, of course. Oh it, yes. It appears sure. from the thumbnail that time travel is involved in this film. <laughs> I don't know if the night 
is went is oh, like night, somehow night with a K. Night, I think like, you're yes. Christmas with a K. No, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> okay. I think of the Greek letter for that. So, so some, for some reason, in the thumbnail, there's a medieval knight riding on a horse no. with a woman who looks like you know who's wearing UGG boots and like a beanie, and you know looks like she just stepped off an Instagram holiday card. So Jesse, we have very different Netflix algorithms, buddy. <laughs> I, why am I watching? getting a night? Why am I getting a night before Christmas? And what is this film about? And wh- wh- is there time? travel involved can anybody answer these questions do you think the night comes to current time or the the instagram girl goes back what i feel oh. like they always bring the night to current i think time. the night's yeah. come into 2021 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's just way easier on the budget because yeah. they're just a scene or two in the old times and he yeah. walks right. out He's, into the he walked they're probably are they in times square like he actually walks in front of a car or something like he and people yeah, think yeah, like, yeah, like, oh yeah. this mighty steel horse yeah. you know they always got they're always confused by cars at first <laughs> no, so. right. is dead in the current times he brings it and then oh. wins her heart uh-huh. I'm yeah. going to silently play the trailer in the background to see what I can ascertain um, here. But the, hey, you playing Lawrence that trailer ma- is why your algorithm is showing you more of these. <laughs> but, like this uh-huh. guy's sampling. Did Martin Lawrence make a similar movie like if this in the 2000s? Wasn't Knight. there a Martin Lawrence movie at some point Black where Knight. either? Yes. Oh. Did he Black go Knight. back in time oh, yeah. to become the knight? I think so. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay, well, I'm so. looking at the images. Clark is nodding yes. He is confirming okay. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Martin okay. Lawrence, indeed, went back in time. Okay, it, within the first 10 seconds of the trailer, a medieval knight walks through some sort of portal in the woods and mm. is transferred to a, the charming town square of a, of a town sure. in wintertime. So yes, he is. It, it's bringing the knight Wait, to present. A town day. in wintertime? Is that a location? No, I'm just I saying think it's, it's just winter. It's, it's it just winter. Like, yeah. Well, well, I yeah, definitely no, think the girl is coming off of a breakup as well. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. would be in a like, committed relationship. Yeah. You know, she's coming men. off a breakup, but she's coming off of like a hard breakup. She doesn't trust men anymore. And then she meets the knight. The knight. Uh-huh. I, yeah. But I maybe how- like if she's just coming off, she's raw. And that means the knight is a rebound. I think she's been lonely for a while. She oh. had a bad breakup. She's been living her life of quiet solitude. She's She runs her little shop, you know, <laughs> things like that. And she's just given up on romance. And then the knight opens her he heart better again. be a she'd better be a catholic or he is going to burn her alive as a witch that's just how they did back then i mean chivalry notwithstanding you know that's I mean, rules, are rules. rules are rules so i will you know, say this there does, appear, there does appear to be a comical scene where they they're they look like they're in a christmas tree lot and the knight chops down a tree with a knight with with an axe which <laughs> you know obviously that's going to happen if you bring a knight back to current day so they got that gag down um, yeah, you know, maybe I'll fire this one up. I'm actually the more I'm watching <laughs> yeah, this trailer, and that's the more, why the more my curiosity is getting a blown away Christmas and a baking Christmas. That's why you're seeing because you're firing up the the night one. See, that's the first mistake you make. You know, anyway. yeah, the algorithm's all messed up now. All right, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, Kirsten Powers joins us. She's author and she has a new book out actually, and uh, you know, you probably know her from her CNN. A pundit commentary and all the stuff that she's doing in the political arena. Uh, Kirsten is joining us. And also we have um, uh, an Ask the Cast segment at the end. We have Slices coming up. Before we get to Slices, I want to mention, if you heard Friday's show, you know this, but uh, last week, uh, at long last, we've been working on it for a long time, we put up the big relevant print edition. Our print annual is available for pre-sale at the relevant store. You can click the store link at relevantmagazine.com. It is the best long form content from our year. It's beautifully designed in an oversized, thick, heavy coffee table ready uh, premium uh, print experience. I can't wait for you to see it. If you pre-order it now, you'll get to save 20% off the cover price. So that's why we're letting you know about it. And also while you're at the store, there's a lot of new merch and gear. And our team is, is excited because we will be adding new relevant apparel and merch and other statement things and podcast gear and all that kind of stuff. Uh, every week, uh, we have a new plan uh, for the relevant store. and We're excited about that. So go check it out. Click on the store link over at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, uh, well, on that note, stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices.
listening to Hanavu. The song is Abed. I think I said that right. Well, today's show is brought to you by the Lumo Project. Lumo is a stunning visual Bible project that will help you see the Gospels in a compelling new light. Have you ever wondered if the Bible talks about the big questions we face in life today, like addiction or money and depression or doubt? Well, they're all in there. With Lumo, you can experience Jesus's teachings and story in a completely new way. Check out Lumo's free scripture videos by searching the Lumo Project at YouTube. And for other free resources, including small group studies and more, check out the LumoProject.com. Okay, it's time for Slices. That was recorded by the Christmas night that uh, was <laughs> wooing the shopkeeper. Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Yeah. So he sees a pizza for the first time. Like, She's a lonely greeting card writer. He's been <laughs> terrifyingly transported 500 years in the future, narrowly avoiding the black, narrowly avoiding the black plague. Wait, wait, Here 500 years? What you, 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 like in the 1600s, there were knights? I don't think so. I don't know. 5,000. I don't know. No, Help me out, were, Tyler. It's a medieval thing. It's yeah. from the 1200s. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, close yeah. enough. We're talking close like a it's all blur. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> they're settling the new world. Listen, they're, they're, okay, they're okay, Cameron, If I jousting. if I had a time, listen, if I had a time machine right now and I yeah. sent you back five hundred years, yeah. and I were like, and you got to walk around for one day, but you couldn't right. ask anybody any questions. I was like, Cameron. Did I send you back 300 years, 500 years, or 800 years? I bet you couldn't tell me. What's the difference? It's a, no. It's a Listen, big blur. It's a big 500 blur. 500 years ago, we're talking about the 1700s, right? No. So 1500s. So you're talking about the guys are wearing the poofy shirts. You're looking How's at like Beethoven type garb, right? I mean, that's... Post-enlightenment. Yeah. I mean, Jamie, we're not talking medieval... Jamie, like, if I dropped you off 500 years... Let's say it's like France, Okay. Right downtown, hopping France, okay? 500 years ago, downtown 800 France. years ago, or 400 years ago. And I said, guess what century it is? Do you think you would know? Because I definitely yeah, I, would I not. I would, yeah. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Really? Exactly. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference between like the Renaissance and the medieval eras or the, you know, Louis the Fourteenth New World? Like, you really wouldn't? I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would be baffled. Like, I, have you guys ever played that game? Do you know that online Google Maps game where it just drops you at a random point on Google Maps somewhere on Google Earth, and then you have to like click around until you can figure out what country you're in? Have you ever played this online thing? No, it's a great little sounds, time waster if you, ever, if you ever yeah. got like ten minutes, and it's way harder than you think it is because most roads are very rural, and you're like, well, that plant looks vaguely British. I don't know. It, it's it's very <laughs> difficult. I wonder if you could do the same thing with some sort of time situation, just using different like art artistic depictions of of history. I feel like there is an opportunity there. Interesting. All right. For slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, I want to brief. I have a twofer and I was going to make this my main slice, but we've covered this topic at nauseum recently. Um, a, a site, a, a, a career resource site. So this makes total sense for them to undertake called Zipia uh, recently released their findings of um, the, a, a study that looked at each state's most popular Thanksgiving side. Um, and they, they released like an infograph. And there's two things I want to address about this study, um, because, uh, you know, like I said, we, we've, we recently did a deep dive into this topic, so people can go back and listen to that. But one is uh, Michigan and Florida have the saddest uh, uh, Thanksgiving side uh, of in, in the entire country. They both chose rolls. You can eat rolls whenever you want, wherever you want. Yeah. Well, who's looking forward to Thanksgiving rolls? Like that is just a sad state of dinner when you're the, the, the side you're looking forward to is a dinner roll. Come on, Florida, Michigan. The other thing too, that I found curious about this is that Pia who put together this, uh, this infograph for everyone. Um, they, their methodology for trying to determine which sides were most popular in each state. They look at, you know, all it says is they looked at Google trends to determine, uh, these most popular sides. 
Who's Googling dinner rolls? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can go to the gas station and buy Martin's potato rolls. Who is, who in Michigan and Florida is like, oh, what are those things? What are those things? They serve them sometimes on the side before big meals. I can't place my finger on it. They're Maybe they're Googling the best dinner rolls. Uh, is there a best? Aren't they all kind of just dinner yeah, I rolls? I feel like it's pretty, yeah. Uh, that's a dead heat. Yeah. For first place, for, it's between a dead every heat brand. between all of them. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of different types of roles, and I can tell you this from experience because every morning the relevant all staff chat starts That's our true. day by That's us true. saying it started with our our art director Christian. He 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 used to say like, "All right, guys," like he's he's so positive. He's rallying the team. He'd be like, "Let's go get that bread today." It was kind of his thing. Let's go get that bread, and somehow that evolved into every morning the first person on posts a strange picture of bread and oh, every wow. day we try to yeah. outdo each other's bread picture <laughs> and i can tell you from experience there's a there's whole a lot. lot of dinner rolls out there there's a lot oh. yeah well yeah. it now it's makes sense strange internet corners strange we've, internet we've, corners. sometimes the first My thing Google i see searches. on the group chat sometimes <laughs> the first thing i see does not <laughs> does not get me in a working mood for the there day is like, some weird maybe I bread out there. well now we know why florida uh, the scales were tipped for dinner rolls. You guys have been Googling dinner rolls every morning. <laughs> That's right. For Dude. months. Months. <laughs> months and months. You would not believe how many weird bread pictures are on the internet. Just FYI. And wow. oddly, oddly sexual or inappropriate bread pictures. Yeah. It's yeah, Very there's some adult. weird like the roll is looking like something else. Like like booties. Yeah. Oh. Very adult. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yesterday, I posted booty rolls on the staff chat, and everybody's like, "Like, <laughs> like, my uh, internet filter just you went." You bought up. a booty was, roll, or you found a roll that looked like a booty? I, I found a picture of a roll that looked like. Plump okay, butts. God, I thought there yeah. were some booty rolls that you could buy. That would have been weird. No, I'm there sure are rolls there are. that they've done rolls that look like six pack abs. The way mm. they package it is, you know. Anyway, all right, there's a lot of rolls. Well, either way, I just want people to be aware that if you're visiting family in in Michigan or Florida, enlighten them by bringing something other than dinner rolls, because it (laughs) seems to be pretty sad state affairs in those two states. They're very much looking for them rolls. And there's a whole big world of sides out there. Um, Okay, I want to bring one more quick one. And this one might seem like an interesting choice, but I thought it had some uh, kind of um, interesting uh, implications for the church coming out of COVID and trying to figure out. What are the best ways to reach, um, you know, millennials and people within Gen Z that seem to be, and, and Tyler, you could probably speak to this more than I could, but there seemed to be, you know, a, a lot of data that shows they're increasingly disengaged with, with the church. Um, Forbes actually did a deep dive into the trend of closing bank branches. Um, a lot of, I don't know if you guys have noticed this around uh, your area, but it's not as easy to come. Bank branches used to be kind of staples of communities, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's where people would conduct all of their you know, finances and, and business and things like that. Um, but increasingly, as things have gone digital and we have automatic teller machines, we don't need actual tellers, you know, or mm-hmm. you can do a lot of banking online. Um, you can just take pictures of a check and deposit yeah. it without yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But but what they have found, in the, according to this Forbes article and some, some research I'll, I'll, I'll reference here, is Gen Zs and millennials might actually save local branch, uh, uh, local uh, uh, bank branches. Um, they they have found that um uh this is from the Forbes article roughly half of Gen Zers and millennials say it's important to be able to schedule branch appointments um and they want to be able to do they want to be able to do that through an app oh, about half said they prefer if they're conducting some sort of of major financial uh, transaction to be able to do it in person with someone at at a branch that they trust a lot of them uh gave multiple reasons but uh 40% thought it would be uh easier and faster to do these kind of things online than it actually is and in reality when you're dealing with something as high stakes especially even for digital natives. Uh, they just have a higher degree of comfort of, of meeting with people in person. And I, th- mm-hmm. I was thinking about this and like, 
you know, as uh, there's so much of the church that is moving online and, and places like Life Church has done an incredible job and, and churches around the country, especially during COVID, have done a really incredible job of being able church to emulate. Home. Yeah, it, have been able to. Yeah, exactly. Church Home has incredible apps and uh, community groups that you can meet with digitally. And I think all of that is really good and really positive. But it does seem like, you know, when it comes to things that are the stakes are a little bit higher for like financial transactions. There is a desire to be able to have some sort of face-to-face connection that no matter how seamless, a digital connection just can't emulate. Um, and I think, you know, th- this is one thing for trying to open up a checking account, but it's another one for, you know, looking for spiritual insights from people that you trust, like a, like a pastor or people in ministry, or maybe you need prayer from people. It looks like it, it stands to reason if this mindset crosses two generation of digital native, natives for something as, you know, relatively commonplace as financial transactions, it seems like that desire might translate to things like meeting spiritual needs. And, you know, maybe Hmm. the future of the church might look different, but it still seems like even with all the advancements in kind of virtual services and digital technology, be interesting to see if the same mindset would translate to ministry in person. That's my that's my prediction. A thousand percent. Is that, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, in this era of I can listen to whatever pastor I want to give a sermon via podcast or via online service, the, the in-person worship experience is, is something that online can never replicate. And the in-person relationship experience, the community experience, the, the conversation, that, that side of things, I, I think, I think the pendulum swung really far one direction during COVID for obvious reasons and technological advances at the same time. But I think it's coming back the other way and it's going to be an interesting future. But I agree with you a thousand percent that the in-person is important. Oh, yeah, I agree, too. And I think that's like, you know, it just goes back to that we were created to be with people. And while online is amazing and gosh, how thankful are we for it during COVID? I mean, it was just like, wow, thank you, Lord, that we're in 2021 when this pandemic happened and we were able to still us, you know, do our jobs on, on zoom and, you know, have worship services streamed and all the things, but there is something that you cannot replace with sitting next to someone and looking in their eyes and giving someone a hug that as humans we need. I also like, I think with more and more of us working remotely and it being a long-term thing, which I'll be honest with you running relevant for 20 years now, like the in-person culture and collaboration is so important to me. And you know, now we're, we're all remote and we're doing great. And so it's like, you know, I, I, I look up and I'm like, I haven't left the house in a few days, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I haven't seen another human. And I, so I think like the desire for a church community, if I'm working mm-hmm. remotely, the desire for spiritual connection and that's tangible is much higher than it probably would have been mm-hmm. in the past, you know? Yeah. And for some reason, face-to-face stuff, you know, it feels, and I think this is partly with the banking thing, there's something about a degree of like credibility of face-to-face conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, where digital conversations, I think the ease and convenience sometimes makes them feel like almost a little disposable. Like Mm. that's anecdotal, that's maybe just my experiences. But if if I call up like my parents or something on FaceTime, Generally, it's a pretty quick call, right? Like it's, you know, I'll kind of show them, hey, here's the kids, here's this and that, but it's on to the next thing after where, look, if you go pull up to a family member's house and even if you sit with them for the same amount of time, just to run in to, to pick up someone, th- there's a degree of meaningfulness that at least the perception is, hey, that was a genuine interaction. I get to look someone in the eye and be in their physical presence. And I think, you know, to your point, Jamie, there's it's very difficult to emulate that online, mm-hmm. especially when yeah. it comes to the intimacy of like ministry, you know? Yeah. Mm. And I I think that's a good reason. It's something that the church can do that can provide that not many other institutions can right now. And I think sometimes churches can go a little bit awry when they're trying to compete in the marketplace. Like most churches can't, don't have the funding to compete Mm -hmm. with a rock and roll concert with their Sunday morning worship service or with a TED talk for their speeches. But what they can do right now, at least, is help provide a, a safer a way for people to get together and actually see people in their community who they love and care about. And I think that's going to be a valuable commodity. That's a valuable commodity right now. And it's going to continue to be one and the sort of post COVID as the post COVID thing shakes out professionally for people. Hmm. All right. What do you have Tyler? 
All right, so this is this is a uh, sort of an in-depth slice, and I'll, I'll give you the the broad strokes of it, and then you can go read a little more about it online if you care to. But I think that, uh, and Cameron, you and I were talking about this a little bit this morning on the group chat. The, we we're we're in a place right now where most of us get divided into either Republican or Democrat. That's like the defining feature for most of Americans' life. More so now than unless you're Joe Manchin. Yeah, unless you're. But if you're whether you're a, you know, it's it's more for most Americans statistically now. That's closer to who you are as closer to your identity than your faith community, than the place you live, than your professional. You define yourself by which political group you're a part of, which is interesting because I think most of us would agree we don't really feel represented politically. We we You look at Republicans and Democrats, you're like, I don't feel like I really fall into that cookie cutter mold of what I see in the media of a Republican or a Democrat. So Pew just did this really interesting study that we wrote about a little bit on relevantmagazine.com and they did a survey of 10,000 Americans and they found that it's a little bit closer to nine, broadly speaking, nine ideological different groups that Americans fall into on a, on the political sort of spectrum. Now these are, these still go like left to right, you know, so you follow different, different places on this gradient, but it's a lot different than just the binary Republican Democrat thing we tend to hear about. And honestly, a lot of times tend to get fed by media. Um, so, so just very, very briefly, and there's a lot of details about this, but these nine groups are starting with the furthest right and moving to the furthest left. The furthest right are what's known as the faith and flag conservatives. These are the oldest, the widest, the most, con- the most conservative sort of, you probably call it, we consider them Christian nationalists. Uh, hmm. Next up are the committed conservatives. Uh, these people are a little more like maybe the Reagan conservatives that some of us grew up with there. They like business there. They like like small government, not necessarily big fans of Donald Trump. Then you have what's called the populist right. These people are a little more rural and they aren't necess- haven't necessarily gone to college, but they're very critical of the current political climate. They so are like still very big fans of Trump. Kind of right, right. They're yeah, yeah. social mm-hmm. conservatives. They they're they really they really like Republicans on social issues. Not necessarily thrilled with the economic or even really all that concerned right. about the economic conservatism. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have what's called the ambivalent right. This group is kind of interesting, the ambivalent right. They're relatively young. They're the youngest of the people on the right side of the spectrum. Uh, they don't necessarily, they wouldn't even necessarily call themselves conservatives, but their political beliefs line up with conservatism. Uh, they just don't really, they don't really care. They're not that politically engaged. Uh, they're a little bit more moderate socially, but economically, they do tend to have beliefs that we would consider to be conservative. Uh, then you move in, you've got this group in the middle that they call the stressed sideliners. They're worried about politics, but they don't really care that much about politics. They're just, they don't have a lot of money. They're angry at both parties. They don't think voting matters all that much. Hmm. Um, then you get into, onto the left side of the spectrum. You have the progressive left. It's the furthest side of the spectrum, 12%. They're very young. They're pretty ethnically diverse. And uh, they're the people who are v- really big into people like Bernie Sanders and AOC then you have the establishment liberals. This is the biggest group. Um, they're pretty moderate. They're they're also pretty diverse, and they're the ones who really like they they vote Democrat, but they like the idea of compromise. They like the idea of like reaching across the aisle and and finding places to to meet in the middle with other parties. Then you have the Democratic mainstays. This is uh, also a pretty pretty big group. They're pretty old. They're the oldest of the Democrats, and uh, they take a liberal view on stuff like race and the safety net. But they're a little more conservative when it comes to stuff like crime and the military and immigration and Hmm. finally the outsider left these are these are the young uh people who are they tend to kind of vote liberally when they do vote but they're also very cynical about both parties generally they take a little more of a burn it down approach to politics and believing (laughs) that uh that we need to you know revolution is the answer now so those are the sort of nine groups and you can go we put a link uh in the slice on realmagazine.com if you don't really recognize yourself there you can go take a little test they put together over at pew that'll sort you as close as possible to which group you'd fall into, which I did oh. take, and I'm not going to tell you where I fell. But it is interesting, and there's a lot more details on this, and I do think it's an interest, it would be really cool to see this uh, this sort of spectrum become the way we thought about politics instead of just the, t- the very binary, two-sided approach that we tend to think about these conversations in. And not to open the can of worms, but this comes back to Jesse's advocation that ranked choice voting 
I was just actually, thinking that. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, thinking that. Make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. And, and we all know this. I mean, like, uh, literally, yeah. like, yeah. especially as Christians, like, you know, if you look at what the Bible and Jesus talked about on social issues, if nothing else, you know, from immigration to life to human dignity to war and all the other things, it's just really tough to find one party that fits all the biblical narrative. And so, like, you just feel like you're in this no man's land. So it's kind of cool that Pew is like kind of helping clarify and define this. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll actually give us some language mm-hmm. moving forward to think differently about, uh, you know, partisan um, politics. This yeah, is good right before Thanksgiving, too. I mean, you're sitting around and you're putting everyone <laughs> exactly. into two categories. That's it's how true. the fights happen around the table. And then dinner yeah. rolls start get thrown. And next thing you know, the big fat booty green, roll green, dinner rolls. I mean, <laughs> green bean <laughs> casserole everywhere. Yeah. All right. Uh, OK, Jamie, what do you got? Oh, this is what I got. OK, so you guys have very serious ones. This is not serious, but I think it is kind of funny. You just right? said big fat booty rolls. You That's... did say big fat booty rolls, which speaking of big fat booties, um, everyone on <laughs> SpaceX is coming back to Earth in diapers. OK, yes. <laughs> heard about this. <laughs> All right. This sounds pretty serious to me. This sounds I, like a crisis. I think it would be serious if I was there, but they seem to be just like, oh, it is what it is. It just happens, you know? So mm, yeah. um, obviously going into space and coming back can never be easy, but there was a problem um, for this mission known as Crew 2. They've been in a, at the, they've been at the International Space Station since April. So that's like 200 days. They've got a lot going on there. Well, they've done some great things. Like, I'll tell you this. They grew the first green chili pepper in space and made tacos. Uh, they hosted a private Russian film crew. They've done a lot of things. Well, they're scheduled to return Monday. Uh, The four crew members could spend up to 20 hours in the capsule that they're coming back in. But while they were there, their toilet broke, you guys. In the capsule, right? This is what I'm understanding. Mm -hmm. It's in the capsule. It's broken. So for the 20 hours they're coming home, they're going to be wearing diapers. It makes me kind of sad for them because... um, Listen, that's all, a long time. We all know senior citizens wearing diapers is just kind of part of it. There's a whole industry. If you watch daytime television, they're advertising those things left and right. <laughs> who was the person at SpaceX who was like, we better throw a few diapers in here just in just case? Just as a backup. Uh, right. Right. Like, like, what was the, at what point were they like, this toilet is maybe 80%? But, yeah, I, right, think, did, I think they're going to want a few diapers. Didn't, yes. Okay. The blue, or I just Googled this too. Blue, blue Origin, the, the Amazon commercial, they don't have toilets either. Okay, uh, like so. What are they doing? They didn't even bother. He, they, they, oh. he, he Jeff Bezos essentially says uh, to hold it. <laughs> yeah, well, Blue Origin <laughs> just goes up for a few hours and comes oh, back, yeah. right? But still, sure. if you're an engineer that can create a rocket that safely takes non astronauts into the edges of outer space, how how much are you saving by not putting a toilet in there? I mean, can you just say like? Well, I mean, if you're the engineer that goes to Jeff Bezos, be like, hey, man, you know, we, we, we're going to good news. We can save an extra million dollars by not. Can you just put a hole going out to space? Like, who's going <laughs> to who's going to be mad? <laughs> who's going to be mad if, uh, if it's just right out right out to space? You know, some sort of uh, decompression thing and then off into the, you know, out into the void. I mean, well, it just seems absurd so they're wearing diapers. You have well, billionaires wearing diapers. Well, I think they're, they have to be prepared diapers. because this isn't the first time this has happened. You know, another time on a SpaceX capsule, um, the same thing happened where an alarm went off that there was a problem on board with their waste management system. And actually, the urine storage system had become disconnected, allowing pooled urine to enter a fan system. I, it doesn't sound, that doesn't oh. sound exciting. This sounds is, refreshing. This it's just have not you ever had good. those Mister fans like scenario. you're out of the yeah, Mars in the summer and yeah, they have the fans and they miss you. I mean, that'd yeah. be lovely. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but, but imagine that in zero it's gravity, Dune, right? Yeah, just yeah. Rec- recycles yeah. the waste into uh-huh. the Dune yeah. soup thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. more than a symbol of water wasted. Yeah, but what you're but you're forgetting about there's zero gravity. I don't want to be too graphic, but it's not mist at that point. It's droplets that you're having to dodge like Neo in the Matrix up there. Okay, like there we've seen water in zero gravity. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. Who, didn't, who didn't buckle their diaper all the way? This is going to be a, <laughs> this is going to be a real issue because I I'm I'm glad everybody on SpaceX is okay, but if you can't get the toilet right, which is a pretty old <laughs> piece of technology. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm glad it's just been the toilet so far. What if it's the rocket next time or the air hatch or the 
the flux capacity. I don't know what the words are, but it feels like it feels like that should be the one thing. Or like, well, the toilet works. We can guarantee <laughs> that. I don't know about the rest of it. Yeah, and we're talking about urine here. There's a lot more waste that we're dealing with than just that. Mm, Let's all yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah, not mm. to get too crass. Not but, to get too. I, that, I, you couldn't drag let, me onto one of Elon's let's things, just, man. Let's just no say way. this: if you're forking over, you know, thirty million dollars for, I would just to go up to space with Richard Branson or Elon Musk or Bezos or any of those guys. I would suggest just watching what you eat before the trip because <laughs> things get jostling around in the straps and, you know, we know the situation now and you don't uh, want to be the one up there that's, you know, ate, you know, a bad Thai meal 20 minutes before the flight took off. That's all right. I'm yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Kirsten Powers joins us. Sorry, Kirsten. <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, where's the bathroom? Uh, just real quick. I know we're already up, uh, but um, hypothetically, if there was an emergency. Kirsten, I have a number two. Yeah. <laughs> Very big problem. Listening to Allie and AJ. The song is Am I Alright? Well, today's show is also brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. Green Chef offers dinner options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. Green Chef will do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep work for you each week. Green Chef meals uh, help me decide what to cook each night and free up my busy weeknights. I literally am a customer of Green Chef and look forward to it every week. Green Chef is actually also now owned by HelloFresh to offer a wider array of meal plans to choose from. There's something for everyone and you can switch back and forth between HelloFresh and Green Chef meals. Uh, I, I highly suggest it. There's no better thing out there. All right. Well, right now, Green Chef is offering relevant podcast listeners a great deal. This is insane. Go to greenchef.us and use code RADHI125 to get $125 off plus free shipping on your first box. Again, that's greenchef.us and write this down. RADHI125 to get $125 off plus free shipping on your first box. You won't regret it. Well, our guest today is Kirsten Powers. She's an author. Uh, you've probably seen her as a political analyst on CNN or read her columns in USA Today. She focuses her work on trying to understand the division, which is so prevalent in our culture. In her new book, Saving Grace, uh, Kirsten explores how we can navigate our culture without compromising our convictions. We sat down with her to discuss how we've lost the ability to coexist with people we disagree with and the Bible's route for finding it again. Here's our conversation with Kirsten Powers. For the people who don't know me, I, I'm a political analyst. At the beginning of 2016, I was uh, the beginning of that cycle. I was still at Fox News. I left there. I went to CNN. So I was really debating all of this stuff that everybody was so frustrated about. Was my that was my daily life? And I write a column for USA Today, so I was writing about it as well. So by 2018, towards the end of 2018, I just hit a wall and I was like, this is not sustainable. Like, I can't, I mean, at a minimum, I can't keep doing this as, as a job, but I also just don't think it's sustainable as a human being or as a country because everybody I knew was saying the same thing. Even people who weren't working in the media were just saying, I, I'm I'm so miserable. I'm so worried. I'm so angry. I hate everybody. And so I think the aha moment for me was I realized that the, the way I was thinking about things and sometimes the way I was acting, especially on social media, was not aligned with what I said I believed. And so I was like, hmm, that's a problem. 
So I say that I'm a Christian and that I believe in loving my neighbor and loving my enemies. And can I really say that I'm anywhere in that ballpark? Because I'm so far away from that. And if I'm being totally honest, I don't even really want to do it. I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, that's for some other time. That's not for this. Right. I was like, that's a nice idea, but it's not going to work. And the more I thought about it, I thought, well, that's that's a little off considering the stuff that Jesus was dealing with and that I, you know, I think this is actually meant exactly for this time. <laughs> like, I actually think that's the point. people that you like it's very easy to love people who think like you think it's very easy to love people even who think differently but aren't driving you crazy right and so I started to realize that I had this sort of intuition I would say I would describe it as an intuition in the beginning that what we needed was grace that I needed to have more grace for people that we needed more grace in our society and I wrote a column about that And I wrote a column basically saying we have a toxic culture and I'm contributing to it. And I can see that I'm contributing to it and I want to to stop contributing to it and I think we need more grace. And that column is what led to this book. Hmm. I wonder if you can take me back a little bit and talk a little bit more about sort of the, we'll call it the, the present crisis that you and I think collectively a lot of us find ourselves in. As you've thought about this, you know, divisive political candidates aren't new. Um, divisive social issues aren't new. What do you think it is about the moment that we're in right now that feels so unique to this generation, the, the people right now, that's making us feel like somehow things do feel worse now than they have been at other points in my life? How did we get here? Yeah, well, I don't think we're imagining it. I think things are worse. Uh, And so I don't think it's one of these things like we just think it's really bad, Uh, but it's actually not that bad. I think it actually really is that bad. And a lot of the social science proves that, shows that. The way people are answering questions is not the way they used to answer questions. Mm. That you have significant portions of the population telling pollsters that we'd be better off if large numbers of the opposing party in public died, Mm. right? That when you have Democrats saying and about Republicans and Republicans saying about uh, Democrats that they're downright evil, that's just not, that actually isn't, was not, those were not commonplace views in the past. I think if we, you know, it's hard to pin exactly who's to blame on it, but I think our constant inundation of information, whether it's through social media or through the 24-7 news cycle, definitely feeds it. That's part of it. That's part of what's different. Another thing that's different is that there are a lot of people, and this isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing, but it can create a lot of uh, discourse that seems very, you know, I don't know, overwhelming to people, I guess, is that that a lot of people who now have a seat at the table because of social media didn't used to have a Sure. have a seat at the table. Yeah. And so, of course, it's going to seem like we're arguing more because there's people who didn't used to get to say anything saying things. Mm-hmm. Now we have all of these people saying, no, 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 no. And, you know, we're going to actually start holding pe- some people accountable and we want to actually see some change. And we have a tool where you can't, you can't stop us. Mm-hmm. Right. So something that can seem like it, you know, where social media can seem like it's an all bad kind of thing it's not it's actually in a lot of ways it's a very empowering revolutionary tool and it's also extremely toxic and it also drives us further into our little bubbles where we find people who think just like us I think we're able to sort ourselves so much into these spaces where we don't ever have to even try to understand other people. And then where do we get our ideas about what other people think? Social media, 
by somebody who's telling us like all the caricatures and the worst possible person that's like that, you know, the worst possible behavior of a Democrat or a Republican becomes that's what all Republicans and Democrats right. are, right? right? Or from the news. And so we don't, we're not really learning about each other from actually knowing each other. We're learning about each other from people who actually want us to be pissed off. <laughs> they make money off of it. Right. It's a business strategy, right? I mean, um, so I think that, I think things are worse. And I think that if we want to change them, we have to change something about the way we're approaching it. And for me, grace was that paradigm. You know, I use the Christian paradigm of grace, of unmerited favor, but extending that to one another. So that means nobody can earn it. Everybody just gets it. It doesn't matter whether you like them or not. You know, like Richard Rohr says, loving is not liking. When Jesus says to love your enemies, he doesn't mean like love them like you love a piece of chocolate or you love your sister. It's like you love humanity, right? You love a person because you see God in them. You love a person, if you're not a believer, just because they're just part of humanity. I think that, and this is something that we we run into a lot at Relevant when we try to advocate for things like this, is this idea that the version of grace that Jesus talked about made a lot of sense then, but it just doesn't work in the modern context. And I think there's a, there's a few versions of this argument, but the one I hear the most is, I don't mind being nice to my neighbor, person across the street, my grandma, you know, whoever, you know, if I, if, if I disagree with my dad about politics and I do, we can get over it. You know, well, yeah, I can work with my dad on that stuff, but it's the people it's the, it's, you know, it's the, the politicians, the media pundits, people who you feel like are actively damaging society. And in many cases, you're probably correct on some level. And we just don't know. We don't have any framework biblically for what extending grace to these people would look like. So we just yell at them on social media because it's the only thing we know how, only place we know where to take that energy. And I'm wondering if you've thought about what grace would mean or what your what your book would bring to somebody who feels that sense of powerlessness about these sort of cultural, we'll call them like main bosses or supervillains that we've constructed who end up being repositories for so much of that negative, decidedly pretty ungracious energy. I guess I would want more information about this because I, I you know, Jesus was, was praying for people who are murdering him, mm -hmm. right? So I don't, I don't really see how it's, I, I don't know why, how people really think that their situation is worse than that, right? It's like I, I am. I will acknowledge that there's a lot of evil going on. There's no question about that. Um, it's not more evil than what John Lewis and MLK and Ruby Sales were facing, right? So it's. I think that I. I think that that's kind of the point. Is it's actually this is when it's for. Mm -hmm. It's it's not you want extra credit for loving your dad like or your neighbor you know what i'm yeah. saying like that's yeah. like that's not that's the whole point of grace it's unearned so it's exactly for when it's loving your enemies it's jesus doesn't say to love people that you like because you already do right it's incredibly difficult like that's the point because you're you're getting outside of you're getting into a different realm of thinking when you go there you're not thinking in just a purely materialistic way. You know, you're thinking in a, like in a spiritual way, you're thinking in an eternal way, right? That you're seeing something that's greater than just what's happening here. That was Kirsten Powers. You can read more of our interview with her over at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, stay tuned up next. It's Ask the Cast. listening to Lainey. The song is The Older You Get, The Less You Cry. Think about that for a minute. 
Well, today's show is also brought to you by BetterHelp. With the heaviness of all that's happening in our world, it can be difficult to find purpose and joy sometimes. We all have questions, fears, or doubts, and sometimes we need help navigating life. That's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp assesses your needs and matches you with your very own licensed professional therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses alongside a weekly video or phone session. BetterHelp is also more affordable than traditional offline counseling with financial aid available to clients worldwide. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash relevant. Hey, y'all. I'm Kiki Palmer. I'm an actress, a singer, an entrepreneur, and a Virgo, just to name a few. I'm proud to introduce you to the Baby This Is Kiki Palmer podcast, exclusively on Amazon Music. I'm putting my friends, family, and some of the dopest experts in the hot seat to ask them the questions that have been burning in my mind. What happened to sitcoms? It's only fans, only that. I want to know, so I asked my mom about it. On Baby This Is Kiki Palmer, no topic is off limits. Listen to Baby This Is Kiki Palmer, exclusively on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. Peloton is gifting you their best offer of the season. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that is right for you with accessories ranging from cycling shoes to non-slip grip dumbbells and more. Whether you have 10 minutes to spare for a strength class or 30 minutes for a running or cycling class, there's a workout that works for you with music that is truly iconic. So don't miss out on Peloton's best offer of the season. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes bike, bike plus, and tread basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Okay, it is time for... Ask the cast anything you want and we'll use our brains to answer. One of Clark's longest jingles. One I was going to say, did, 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 we, did we pay Reliant K to make jingle <laughs> <laughs> That's from the archives right there, man. Yeah. Um, so, oh, is that, a, is that a Chandler original? I don't know that? who that is, man. Oh, then it would have been Jeremiah, maybe. Oh, oh, that was Jeremiah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, you guys hit us up uh, every once in a while and ask us pressing questions that you want us to speak into. And so we compiled a few of the ones we found online and thought it would be great to wrap up the show uh, with the, the team tackling a couple of the things that you have on your mind. So uh, here's a question from... Uh, Rach last 98, Rach last 98. I think she's, uh, I think this is a person from Instagram. Uh, she said my young adults group favorite icebreaker is a question that she wants to ask you guys. What's your most recent sin? What's your most recent sin? Most recent Rach, sin? Rach, wow. S-I-N, starting. She's like trying a big to get one me or a little one. It's not going to work. Most recent. <laughs> All have sinned. Rach. Yeah. Like in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> most recent sin. Um... Who's gonna Who's gonna go first? <laughs> I uh, I'm. We're recording right now. It is one thirty Eastern time, and uh-huh. I am coveting somebody's lunch because I'm starving. <laughs> and uh, there you go. Yeah, so I'll go. I, uh, there's probably been plenty since last night, but last night my son texted me said he was ready for me to come get him from work, and I said I'm on my way, and I was actually <gasps> still in the bath. <gasps> oh, in the bath yeah, wow. yeah. that's not even close that's a long I know that's but a I told him don't worry away. I'm on my way <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evan Penn wow. uh, tweeted us and said is Jesse as charming and funny in person as he is on the podcast in real life the mm, world needs to know no, I, in, I've never met Jesse besides right here on this show that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's, um, crazy. W- did you ever throw away an item you'd wished you had saved? Have oh, you yeah. ever thrown away an item you wish you'd saved? I, we were talking about this in the staff chat the other day. I used to have a t-shirt when I was in high school. It was a free promotional t-shirt from Subway. And it said Fresh Hot Buns on it. Ooh. Fresh Hot Buns. And I had that for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I uh, wish you had that. I wish I had mm-hmm. that still. I, w- I miss my Fresh Hot Buns t-shirt. Um, we had a, I don't think I technically threw this away, but we had a storage building one time and through some tragic events, we quit paying on it. I don't know what happened. Neither one of my husband, I remember what was going on in our life and my wedding dress was in there and they sold, and we got a letter that they sold everything. So I no longer have my wedding dress because we forgot we had a storage building. What were were you going to do with it? I mean, nothing. I mean, what would right. I do with it? I mean, I couldn't even, it's, what am I going to do? Wear it? No, but a lot of people yeah, like so to keep it. Yeah, I don't know. Home. Yeah. Feels better than saying I lost it in a storage building that we didn't pay the bill on. I mean, you know, that's the thing. 
Well, now some storage a, wars person yeah. is like loving it. You blessed that. As a kid, I had a pretty good trading card collection and I traded them all away for the complete, the entire collection of Animorphs books, the, the <laughs> number one through the tail end of it. And, you know, you, you can read those books one time. There's not a whole lot there for future generate, but I probably, those trading cards probably would have caught some, made, made a decent, made, made, done decently on eBay at some point down the road. Guess not. I had a, I had a sweet Penny Hardaway jersey when I was young, mm. and I, I don't know what happened to it. I don't think I threw it away, but I'm sure someone in my family, mom, did when I moved mom. to college. <laughs> and I'm angry at her to this day. We haven't spoken since, so um, <laughs> just kidding. I love my mom. Interesting uh, callback to something that happened earlier in the show. Uh, question, if you could go back in time, which year would you visit? Oh, I wouldn't have any idea what year i was in i wouldn't know where i was <laughs> <laughs> all of them useless oh man i um i don't i don't know i mean it, uh, there's a lot of i guess let's all the all the stuff that would be like you know kind of cheating to be like i would go the day of the world series but i know the outcome so i'd place some bet like Ooh, no, yeah. kind of back, some, some back to the future two stuff oh, yeah. the, the day of the google ipo or whatever you yeah. know what i mean like mm -hmm. So, so ruling that out, if you're just talking ruling about just financial gains, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're just, just out of like the curiosity for it, I, I don't know. I, I think I would probably, I don't know. I think like, uh, like sixties or seventies seem pretty cool. I, I'd want to see if like, you know, kind of hippie ish culture was as cool as it seems kind of in retrospect. Sure. I'd probably go back there and hang yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. I, I I would probably go to like the 20s or 30s kind of gangster uh, uh, era just to kind of see that kind of like prohibition. Jazz club or something. Yeah, jazz club. Some and, kind of cool. Yeah, the great guys. Are we assuming that I could easily, like, you can go back and then leave whenever you want? Like, this is not a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're Yeah, you're visiting. not there forever. Yeah. <laughs> you're like a night would, at Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. That's, Show up. that's the concern, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, what would you choose? I, I was going to say, I think I would go back to the whatever, any year before we had kids. I love my kids and I love being a mom. But listen, I wish I would have been, I wish I would have done more with my life before these children came along. So I would go back, travel more, live in an apartment downtown, all the things that just aren't easy with children. That's what okay, I would do. so okay, last question. We'll wrap it up with this. This kind of ties into that. Best and worst things about being an adult. Best and huh. worst things about being an adult. Hmm. I mean, you're worried about so many things. Like you know, yeah. when you hear someone who's like 15, and I'm not making fun of 15 year old stress because that is real stress to a 15 year old. But also, I'm like, you don't really have any stress. Like, who are you accountable I, I, to? I would agree yeah. with that. The stress. Yeah. No I mean, coming to I, just you in have to the pay last bills. month. Yeah, I've had a lot of mm -hmm. trouble sleeping just because like I wake up and then the mind starts spinning. Because yeah. you're responsible for so much. Yeah, right. Right. I would agree with that as the worst thing. What's the best thing, though, about being an adult? I mean, it's OK. Yeah, it's nice to do what you want to do, I guess. You know, when, you depends, when you're yeah, when you're independent. Yeah, yeah. Staying up late and, you know, I did that when I was a teenager, too. But I guess yeah. it's yeah, kind of nice as an adult, but. I don't know. I mean, the best thing, it's I don't know, right. I'll, this sounds corny. I like being, I like being uh, a dad now. It's fun, you know, but, uh, you know. I would say, I would agree with you, doing what you want to do. Like for me, like if I would be like, hey, I want to sit on the floor at a magic game, you know, if somebody else was, no, you can't do that. That's irresponsible. That's whatever. Well, I, guess what? Yeah. I want to do that. I'm going to do that. Uh -huh. so, I, I think too, you. this is kind of like deeper than just having fun, but as being a 43-year-old adult, I care less about what people think about me than when I was like younger. That's what and I was so going to say. so just kind of like, huh, mm. it feels good to be able to just be like, yeah. it is what it is. I'm like this, take I'm it or leave it. I'm going to write Xmas on that, yeah. on that gift. And my mom can... <laughs> I'm going to spend all my weekends at storage auctions and see how many cool wedding dresses I can acquire. I think you hit, you know? I think you hit the nail on that, Jamie. I feel way more like sure of who I am. Yeah. Like I have a lot more. It just, it, it's not, not quite the same thing as self-confidence, but just, I don't feel like I'm wrapped up in so many existential questions about like trying to figure out what kind of person I am or what I think about things, but I have a lot of confidence just in, you know, I've been myself for a while now. I have, yep. I, I understand those contours a little better and there's way fewer circumstances that throw me off. If I, Popeye like, oh, taught us anything. I know what we do here. I am, I am what one. I am. I am I'm Popeye I, the Sailor Man. You there know you go. I mean, yeah. just yeah. living life. Just your, yeah. this is what I, this is who I am. 
All right. Well, there's a lot more questions that came from. We'll get to them in future weeks. Thanks for sending in the cast questions. Well, before we wrap up, I want to thank Kirsten Powers for joining us today. You can order her new book, Saving Grace, now. Do it. Also, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can go over to the Relevant store. Uh, just click the store link at relevantmagazine.com to pre-order our large, beautiful, luxury, premium annual collection. It's you can see all the information right there. You don't want to miss it. And also, while you're at the store, check out all of our new merch and podcast gear. There's a lot that we've added to the store. You'll love it. I, I guarantee it. Also, check out the fall issue of Relevant. It's available at the site as well. Just click on the magazine tab. And it's an amazing collection of features featuring Jessica Chastain, Jennifer Hudson. Uh, the list goes on and on. It's an amazing group of uh, content. And it's available ad-free and for free thanks to um, our presenting sponsor, UHSM. Go check it out. Uh, also, make sure to follow Relevant on all the on the socials. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all day, every day, uh, pumping out new content. Uh, it's a great way to keep in touch with everything that's going on. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Jeff, where's the bathroom? Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.